Welcome to the Inside Ellen Road podcast with me, Phil Hay, uh, on my own this week in the absence of Joe Urquhart, who I think has been on a 48-hour bender since his beloved under-23s won the league title away at Colchester United on Monday night. Um, that success has been coming for a little while, been in the post for a good few weeks now. They've been comfortably the best team in PDL North. Um, and as Ryan Edmondson said after the game, after scoring two goals down at Colchester um, to seal that title, uh, the rest of the league have been struggling to, to live with Leeds and to live with the style that they've been playing, to live with the, the strength of their squad and, and without any question the best side um, over the course of the, the game so far um, potentially the first of, of three titles this season with the under 18s top of their division and Marcelo Bielsa's players in third place in the championship but still within touching distance of Norwich City a point behind Sheffield United and, and with everything to play for with eight games to go um, back in the first team world we're a week and a half on from the defeat to, to Sheffield United and um, Difficult result to take that one and, and a painful result in, in what was a very big derby built up by a couple of players at Leeds, Pontus Janssen and, and Matthias Cleek beforehand. Uh, both Bielsa and, um, and Chris Wilder tried to play it down, didn't want to, to make too much of it, didn't want to suggest that it was decisive and I think it's fair to say that with eight games to go and, and only one point between them, it, it certainly hasn't been in, in the context of one individual match. Um, but a bad game to lose and, and a game that didn't, Leeds didn't deserve to lose over the 90 minutes. A story again of, of missed chances, excellent chances in the first half for Patrick Bamford and, and Jack Harrison from close range. Tyler Roberts shot against the post uh, in the second half and, and then a bad error from, from Liam Cooper, a, a rare error from Liam Cooper this season, which let Billy Sharp play and Chris Basham for the only goal uh, with 19 minutes left to play. Um, he'd been very good this season, Cooper, and, and again his mistake in injury time, which which drew the red card for Kiko Casilla, and Casilla will miss this weekend's game against Millwall through a, a one-match suspension. Um, but Cooper's performances over the piece have been undoubtedly the best, in my view anyway, of, of his time at, at Leeds. And, and he and Calvin Phillips both made the EFL's Team of the Week this year. Uh, it, it was announced um, earlier, earlier this week. Um, surprisingly, no inclusion for Pablo Hernandez, which I guess goes to show that there's one born every minute. Um, and Marcelo Bielsa beaten to the um, the Coach of the Year award by Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. I think there'll be people who have something to say about that, but it has to be said of the, the three coaches at the top of the division, Daniel Fark, Wilder and, and Bielsa. There's very little between them. There's an argument for for any one of them winning the award. They've all been extremely impressive in, in their own way and, and still an awful lot to be decided at this stage. Um, Millwall are up next at home at Ellen Road uh, on Saturday. Uh, there'll still be no Kamar Roof for that. He's very close now uh, to returning from his knee injury. I was speaking today about being able to see the finish line and, and expecting to be back in, in full training with the, the senior squad shortly. Um, but I suspect this, this game will come too soon. Better news about Pontus Janssen, who's been doing really well through these two weeks um, after the knee injury he suffered against Sheffield United. I think the initial prognosis was that he would miss this game and, and probably be back for Birmingham um, the following Saturday. But he has an outside chance. Um, Adam Forshaw is also starting to creep closer from the knee injury, which has kept him out for eight games. Um, and in all, Marcelo Bielsa is, is virtually in a position now where he has a full-strength squad. It will literally be Kamar Roof on the sidelines and no one else. And it does look like Roof will involve himself in the, the critical point of, of this campaign. Uh, Millwall themselves... Um, came within minutes and, and the width of a post have beaten Leeds down at the New Den uh, in September, a game that Leeds never tend to fare well in, um, but have been very poor away from home this season, are, are still in fairly major relegation trouble uh, the only word of caution is that they were struggling badly away from home uh, last season when they visited in January and, and that threw up the bizarre game which saw Cooper sent off in the first half seven goals in total, injury time winner from Jed Wallace, um, despite Leeds having got themselves 3-2 in front with 10 men, so you never can tell, um, 
Tottenham and you never know what's coming but I think this looks like a must-win game and I think it's a, a game that Leeds will edge. Um, but back to the 23s who two years ago were bottom of the division, um, very short on numbers, struggling with 11 young professionals and, and lacking direction. Uh, the former under-23s coach Jason Blunt had left the club. They were looking for um, a new coach, a, a new head of, of the development squad and, and they went for a Spaniard in Carlos Corberan, uh, someone who'd been assistant manager at Villarreal for a while, who'd um, worked in Saudi Arabia, had coached in Cyprus, had, had travelled all over trying to establish a, a coaching career and, and develop his, um, his coaching ability. Uh, Corberan came in in 2017 in that summer uh, and dealt with the, the initial influx of academy signings that, that Victor Orta oversaw at, at Ellen Road. Struggled in terms of results for the first six months, but um, since the, the turn of the year in 2017, in January 2018, the under-23s have lost only eight games in that period. They've been highly consistent. They've been extremely impressive with their style of play. And ultimately, it's led to them winning the league title um, with two games to spare this season. So they've gone from the bottom of the league to, to top spot in, in the space of two years. Um, and there's no doubt at all that Coburn has been a very, very key influence in that. Uh, he was also promoted during the summer to a first-team role and, and has been working this season both as part of um, Bielsa's backroom team but also overseeing uh, the under-23s and, and providing a bit of a bridge between both for the, the transition of academy players, which has been prevalent all season. Seven debuts so far under Bielsa and, and you wouldn't discount the possibility of others in the the eight games that are left. I went to, to interview Corbin on Tuesday um, up at Thorpe Arch. He was uh, he's 24 hours on from, from his players, his under-23 players, winning the title uh, down at Colchester. We had a long, long chat about his background in Spain and, and other countries, about his coaching philosophy, uh, about the experience of working with Bielsa and, and what he's learned from Bielsa. And, and as the only coach who's likely to be left behind, as and when Bielsa and, his, and the rest of his backroom team go whenever that happens to be the point at which Bielsa's time is up I, I also touched on the subject of whether or not Coburn might see himself as a longer term successor for Bielsa if there was to be some sort of um, transitional plan or succession plan in place for, for when Bielsa does decide that, that enough is enough at, at Ellen Road so I've got a half hour interview with him here for you now, um, all of his thoughts and, and all of his views on, on what's going on at Leeds United so please enjoy this um, and we'll be back with the pre-match um, podcast before the game against Millwall with Bielsa his audio from from his press conference. We'll see you then. Do you mean if I ask you first a little bit about yourself and your background? You you were born in Valencia. You grew up in Valencia. Was football a big part of your life as a child? And 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 how did you come to the professional game? Yes, I th- uh, <clears throat> I was goalkeeper. I started playing as a goalkeeper when I was young. Then I played in in Valencia. But in the moment that I felt that my future as a as a goalkeeper I because I have always when you are chill you have the illusion to to kind of arrive to come play one day in the in the first levels in the in the top levels but I think uh, during my career as a keeper trying to be a professional goalkeeper I start to feel that I, I like to coach the teams too mm. I like to to be watching what the players were doing during the trains and these things I start to study uh, the degree in sports science so it's like uh, all my life was involved in the sport and the, in concrete in football was the only sport that I, I, I loved it. So, but in one step, in one moment of my career as a, as a football player, I start to feel that I never are going to, to arrive to the, to the professional levels. Then in this moment, I was close to finish my career and I have the, the luck to finish the, the career, as a, the, the degree as a sports science and I start to work in, 
in Villarreal Football Club. Mm. And for me, this is one of the of, of the key of the more happy moments in my career. Like uh, finish just the degree and can dedicate from the professional point of view to the to my dream to to can coach the teams. So after this, when I started, I I spent six years in Villarreal. It was a fantastic time because I can enjoy with the with the working with the second team and I can enjoy to work with the first team too in uh in the last time that Villarreal played the, the Champions League. And I enjoy to, to work with some very important uh, players. Then I think it was a, a key in my career to finish the degree and start to work in Villarreal. Did you ever make it professionally? Did you ever play at a professional level or did you never quite make it to that point? No, I think I only play hasta until third division in Spain. So in the moment I finished my career as a goalkeeper very, very fast because I was uh, 23 years when I started to feel that my future can be more relacionated with the coaching than to be a player. Then I fast my my mind was changed fast to the new objective that I, I put in my mind. Do you have you be qualified then? You presumably have done lots of badges. Have you done UEFA Pro? Have you done your, your various licenses? Yes, uh, yes. When I during my period of the my degree, I start to take all the levels that you need to be to be coach, and I wanted to finish. I start to be dedicated from the professional point of view with all the levels in my back. So nowadays I am the the UEFA Pro level. You spent a lot of time over in the Middle East coaching. I, I think I'm right in saying that your first job was in Saudi Arabia um, as an assistant. How did that come about and, and how keen were you to go over to what isn't a sort of major footballing area? I think uh, when we, after six years we finished in, in Villarreal after uh, spent three seasons in the first team. Then in this moment I was, I, I like to, to improve my, my knowledge every time. Then I had the, the possibility to to come work with one of the coaches that I was appreciating a lot, then I, I was feeling that I can learn and improve my level with this type of, with some coaches. So I had the possibility to work with one of these coaches that for me have a good knowledge in that time, mm. one of the coaches close to, to Guardiola. Then in this moment, uh, he offered to me the possibility to move with him as assistant coach to, to Saudi Arabia. Then I take the opportunity because it was only one month uh, after finishing my contract with Villarreal. So I tried to, I was not scared about which country I wanted, uh, I moved to work. My only focus was improve my level of, of coaching, trying to develop all the football ideas, trying to take from the best the, the, the football ideas and trying to be a, a better professional football coach. The story went that it was Guardiola who suggested that you would be good for the, the job in Saudi Arabia. Is that right? I mean, is he somebody that you know and, and have dealt with? Yes, I think, but the relation was more with the coach that I was working. Mm. He recommended uh, my coach. Then at the same time, I was with him. So the link was not specific with Carlos Corberan. Was, I was part of the staff of the coach that he, that he recommended to move there. What would you say is your passion then? Is it first team coaching or academy coaching? Because you find that some people love the first team setup, but some people are very, very dedicated to, to coaching junior footballers. What, what would you say that you prefer? No, I like the, I like to be professional. I like to it's like I like to have the full dedication in football. I like to I like to I don't have limits in my mind. It's like I like to my only focus is trying to control or trying to make my best knowing football and trying to know the best about the methodology of training and after we see what happened now nowadays i am i always was more close working with the professional players mm. because i only spent two years three years in villarreal with the under 23 team too so mm, the majority part of my career were close to the to the first team players so this is one you are enjoying because the high demanding when you are close to the high demanding i think 
uh, you can enjoy more. Do you, would you say then that the three years you spent at Villarreal as a, a first team coach, has that been the most valuable period for you in terms of seeing what it is like to manage or to coach at a big club with, with major players? Yes, I think it's important to have uh, this experience was key. Uh, in, in that moment, I think Villarreal was, they were working a little bit different of the rest of the clubs in Spain, so give me a very good uh, new ideas about how you can train the, the, the teams, what is the best methodology or the best way to create one style of play. At the same time, they had a specific style of play, trying to control the game with the ball, trying to keep the ball every time and trying to dominate the games. And this is something that you, you, you go inside of you and it's something that change your mind and start to change your feelings too when you are watching the, the football games. And at the same time, when you are close to the first team players, you start to realize what the first team play, what the players need to be in the first team one day. So I think it's important to know the demand is on the high level competition to after if you are working in the academy levels. It's important to have this, this point of view to know what the players need to one day can arrive there because if you don't know this, you cannot push the player to, to get these, these objectives. So I think this is important to, to work after with academy levels. What you spoke about there, the, the possession-based football, attacking play, dominant play, it was a long time ago now, relatively speaking, but it must be useful now, is it not, Com com considering the football that you're playing or that Marcel yeah. is trying to play here? Yes, I think uh, <clears throat> always, like I told you, it's like I start to grow as a coach in one period, for example, like in Spain, uh, Guardiola start to make a revolution, mm. the Spanish national team start to play, start to change the model of play, because Spain came from a long period where they didn't try to, to control the games. Then from this moment, I think the link between uh, Guardiola, the link between the, the Spanish national team and the style of Villarreal that was in the same direction, I think, give you the possibility to understand better this way and to feel that maybe is the way that you have to try to develop in the teams that you are working. So at the same time, when I moved to Saudi Arabia, it was the same. I moved with a coach with this same uh, methodology, same philosophy. So I think we try to develop uh, the teams like this because in football, you play with only one ball, then you, I think the teams, it's important that they know how to control this ball, how to manage the ball, to control the game. So I think this is why we are trying to do from my first day here, uh, last year, one year ago now, uh, with under 23 Leeds United, uh, trying to develop uh, the game in this direction, trying to control the game, trying to be the team who be the boss, because I think when you in football, you have the ball, uh, you can dominate the opponent team and the opposite the opponent are uh, depending on you about what you are ready to do so always I'd like to try to have the control of these situations it must suit you though because I mean it's not you haven't had to learn a new style of football this is this is what you know yes I think yes at the same time is this uh, you can know you have to have in your mind all the possibilities because to attack well you have to defend well too so mm. football is everything in football is connection you cannot attack well if you don't defend well you cannot defend well if you don't attack well so I think, but the majority part of the game, I like that my teams have the ball and trying to create the chances, trying to they put the pressure in the opponent and trying to, to dominate the, the full game. How did the, the opportunity that Leeds come about then? How did the offer arise and what did they tell you that they needed from you? Uh, in this period, it's like after Saudi Arabia, I started to make a career as a coach, as a head coach in, in Cyprus. Then I feel sometimes the you don't know why the things the circumstances arrive to you but some arrive to you so i remember that one of the people who work with me in villarreal start to work in aspire uh, in qatar then uh, aspire make an like an agreement with this united when the when the new president when andrea arrived here mm -hmm. to this united 
Then uh, in this moment, uh, they were talking with different coaches, young coaches that maybe they have the, the idea about to can create, can develop this style of play. So they proposed me the possibility to come here to Leeds in that moment. And like this, I didn't have any doubt because I knew the project, I knew which people start to come here. Like I know that Ivan Bravo start to have the contact in his United. I think he's someone with high experience in that he have showed this before. Uh, at the same time with Victor at the same. We didn't work together uh, before we, we arrived here, but I, I know about the experience that they had in Spain, the importance of these people. So for me, it was a very uh, one motivation higher is like to come to England because I think always when you are when you are young, when you love football, England is something special for you. Then to have the possibility to come to England and at the same time the possibility to work with people that I think is uh, people with high value. Mm. I think in, uh, especially in Leeds United because you you maybe you come to England with no special club and no at the same time was the opportunity to come to Leeds United that uh, is one of the historic uh, clubs. Then it's like all all the conditions were perfect to to don't have to make any decision to just to come here and start to develop the the new project. It wasn't an easy time, though, was it? The club have said that they were concerned about the number of players they had here, about the amount of talent. Did they give you the impression that they needed a, a bit of a fresh start or, or needed a new direction? Yes, I think when we arrived here, we tried to create... I think we, we were thinking that the important was create an important model about how we want to, to play. Mm. Because in the moment you know how to play, you can start to select the players and you can start to develop the player you have here in the, in the club to go in that way. I think this is one of the, the, the key things. So at the same time I told you, it's not, it's not too if I told you that I came from one club that they were not working like this. I think when I arrived here, I was watching that the club was developing in the academy. So I think this club or we have developed the academy or we have put in players in the first team. And I, I think it's something, it's something important. Then I came here, I meet Adam here. Uh, and I meet that the club, and I start to feel that the club have one identity too. But it's always when you come here, you try to put all your best, you try to, to put your ideas and make uh, and try to, I think this is how the clubs have to grow. It's like when someone new is not to change everything, it's like to, to put his ideas and to share the ideas that the club have in trying to improve, trying to make the best that you can do. So it was like, like this at the beginning. People will look and say it's been very good at the academy this season. It's been very good since Marcelo came in. But actually, with the the twenty threes, it's been good for eighteen months, and it it seemed to turn. It's kind of Christmas, January time last year. What made the difference? Do you think why did it go from a period where the team seemed to be struggling to a period where they seemed to understand what what they were supposed to be doing? I think what the people sometimes is, is, is doesn't realize, and they don't have to know what they don't have to have the reason to to know. Is like when we are right here twenty twenty threes. I think the project of the here in the club was more focused in that time with the first team so I arrived to the under 23 is trying to have a period of time when we select well which players we have to continue here when we start to create like the new base the, like the base of what we want in the future for the United so our focus was not in the first period of time I think for example I remember that I the people offered to me a lot of players when we arrived here to the under 23s because we came from one season where the under 23 was the last mm. on the league the season before I start to work here in Leeds United. Then at the same time, uh, maybe some of these important players, for example, we try to put uh, on loan to continue to develop, or in the first team, for example, like Conor Saunesi, mm. that I, I try to move them. So I think the first part 
of the of the of these periods the idea was not to put players with just because you need players to play so for example we made the decision to play without a clear left back or without central backs because we wanted the first of all i think before you create something you have to clean something mm. so the idea was made the right decision about which player or the player that we had from the last from the year ago had the possibility to continue in this club with the idea to to grow so our objective was not the result in this period of time because if our objective was the result maybe we we can take bad decisions because maybe you add players without future just because you need to to get results so sometimes you have to stop your ego because of course as a coach you like to win the games but i understand that my project here is a more medium time project it was not very short like in the professional level because when you are not winning one game when you are in the top levels of course uh, is going to depend your future about this. Here the idea was to create a, a future to make the best decisions. So sometimes we put uh, the results in a second place at the beginning. Mm. So the idea was this was first of all to clean, to decide which play have to continue with us. Even if we play without a back, even if we play without central backs, the idea was to know which players deserve to be here in Leeds United. After we spend this time and I think at the same time I was happy because the team in the first part of the last season didn't play bad. So we tried to create a new model of football. We know this, that at the beginning you need time, you need players and you need time. But we have the confidence that we were we start to create something to change the philosophy or maybe changing or improving the style of playing. And it needs time. Then I think after five or four or five months, we start to know better with needs we have. We start to know better the market, the, the young market, because uh, maybe Vitor at the beginning was more relationship, uh, was more focused in the market of the first team. But little by little, we start to, we knew that the future in the club is to be focused in the academy too. So we started to make the selection of players for the under 23s. And I think everything has to grow in the right time, in the moment that have the, the possibilities to grow. And I think we make, uh, not no, no only me, the, the people who work for Vitor Horta make a very good job selecting good young players and creating a new philosophy. And I think at the same time, our focus was no, uh, is like our focus was to try to select the best young players on the club and trying to develop them. And I think we moved players to the under 23, like Jack Clark, mm. who was first year scholar. Uh, he was in the under 18, so we moved to Jamie Sackleton, he was second year scholar last year. Uh, from the under 18, uh, we moved to the under 23s, or, or Gods, Robbie Gods. So we tried to expose these players in the high level, and we knew that uh, this needs a, li a little bit period of time, but at, at the end, when you are watching these players playing with the first team, you only can feel happy and proud about about to see like uh, one player who last year were in under, uh, uh, under 18s, this year is playing with the first team. So I think this has to be the, the part of our success in the academy things. Absolutely, and I think this club has always gauged its academy on, on how many players uh, progress as opposed to what the results are. But at the moment, you seem to have players progressing, near perfect <laughs> results, but also a style of play which obviously the, the PDL, the rest of the PDL are struggling to cope with. It's almost like a perfect scenario at the moment, isn't it? Yes, I think when you are working in the academy, you have to have two, two objectives clear. The first of all, for me, is to put players in the first team. And to, to make players in the first team, you have to put the levels of the players in the best, because if not, you are known to arrive to the first team. So at the same time, with this objective, you are helping to yourself trying to win games. But always sometimes as a secondary thing, and I tell you this because, for example, sometimes you are not going to give 
uh, you are going to give more opportunities to the players that you think have more future. Even if maybe they are not playing the right position, or maybe even if someone have better skills for one specific game, for example, that I think you try to be focused to develop the level of the players. This is what I, I, I this is what I believe. Mm. When you are working in the academy, the best success is to see players like Jack Clark, players like uh, like Tom Pierce last year, players like Conor Sognesi last year, players like Jamie uh, Sackleton this year, it's like these type of players making uh, the appearance with the first team. This is the big success. But like to have this success, you have to develop these players. Mm. Uh, you are going to create one identity. You are, you are going to create, you try to create a team that can be uh, competitive in the, in the league that we are playing. So I think the big success came with the other success, like because when you are making your players more competitive, at the same time they are more competitive to win, to win the games. What did you know of Bielsa before he came in last summer? Everybody knows of him, but how much did you know about him and, and about what he does? I think when you are coach, uh, you try to know what the other coaches or the key coaches in the world are doing. You try to know how they are playing, you try to know how they defense, how they attack, how what they are doing for the trainings. And Marcelo, I think before uh, he came here, you know that is one of the of the key, of the best coaches in the world. So I was following his work and a lot of uh, the coach of uh, the, the work of another coaches. But honestly, I didn't know very specific things about him. I was when I was in Villarreal, I was playing versus Marcelo, and when he was in Atlético Bilbao, and I remember when he came from Spain was the same was like a surprise, and everyone wants to know what he was. He was working, but I think you cannot know until you are working with him. Uh, all your ideas can change when you are working with him. And I think I had the luck to to work with Marcelo because, uh, for me as a coach, he win all my respect this year because I think he's someone that that deserves to be in the top because there is no what about because until until I start to work with him, I only knew the opinion of the other coaches, mm. but I cannot feel this. But when I started to work with him, I was thinking that all the coaches that talk about that Marcelo is one of the best coaches in the world, have, I am totally agree with, with them. Have you encountered anybody like him? I mean, is, is he as unique as people say to work with? Yes, I, 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 I know that what uh, Pep Guardiola, for example, was talking with him. I, I know what, what Pochettino, for example, was talking about him. But sometimes you, you don't know, sometimes it's like, okay, I don't know if they are talking for the people or they are talking true, they are talking honestly, but what I feel after work with him is someone that uh, he gives a high respect to the coaches as a, as a professionals because how he lives his profession, how he lives football, how he understands football is, is, I think, is another level. His attitude towards the academy, a lot of managers say they want to use academy players and they like academies, but he he's used more than anybody we've ever seen here. I mean, I think it's seven debuts this season. It, it seems like it's it's an integral part of what he does. Yes, I think one of the different things, for example, in the 23 this year is like we work connect, the, the 23 is like a one part of the first team. Mm. We work together. It's like me as a part of the first team staff, one of my functions is to go and to lead the process of the training of the of the 23s and to lead the games after uh, in the when we have a game with the 23s but i think this connection is key because both teams are working with the same idea with the same philosophy with the as close a methodology of training that we can do so i think this is a very positive thing the first team players came and 23 help the first team players to have a minutes to be more ready to the high demands of the first team games 
and at the same time for the 23 is perfect because they are playing with the first team players and they are training every day with the first team with the first team so i think to have this link and this relation uh, with the didn't separate these two teams to be as closer as you can be i think this is something very positive because our players know very clear the needs that they want to have when they be in the first team so and at the same time the 23 is helping to the first team players to continue being their levels in the best levels for our players so i think this connection is one of the keys for this success for the for the success of the 23 and i think for is positive too for the first team every job that he goes to he has a really loyal group of assistants who go with him they call it his, his iron circle people he's worked with before so how pleased were you to be asked to, to join the first team staff in the summer when, when he brought you into that yes I think uh, Marcelo has uh, people that is working with him for a long time ago so the, the, his methodology ne- ne- need the, uh, to have a lot of people because when you are working trying to control all the, all the games all the details of the game have you need people to, to do it too then I think it was very nice because the people who came with Marcelo is brilliant people too. Marcelo is not going to be working with someone that doesn't have the enough skill to can help him to develop his idea. Then I think was part of the success, of course, is the people that is working with him because I meet specific here, but it's, it's amazing people, people uh, that have special special skills to work a lot and to work a lot very well. So I think uh, we are very happy to can have this the staff of Marcelo here with us because between all of us we are continuing developing uh, developing the club. How much of an education has it been for you? And honestly, how much pressure does he put you and the other coaches under? Repeat, please, repeat for me. How much of an education has it been working with with Marcelo? But but also, how much pressure in, really does he put you and the other coaches under? Because from the outside, it yeah. looks as if you're all under huge pressure. Yes, I think about the education. Uh, I think, for example, uh, Marcelo is someone that have uh, he has developed his method, a specific method of training from long time ago. So he has a high speed in his back. So about this, and he's someone that likes to control all the details in football. I think this is one of the difference about Marcelo and other coaches. Not all the coaches, for example, that I meet and they are working in professional levels, have the idea to to understand the game, have the idea to try to control all the details of the game. And it was something that from the beginning, if, for me, if you want to be coach, you have to control the football game. It's something like we were very close because when you want to control the game, you never are going to stop to think because every game is going to create your doubts. Every game is going to create new demandings. Every game is going to, you are going to make some mistakes or you are going to try to your team solve. So this, to be coach, I think is one profession that never is going to stop, never finish, you never end, you never control the football game. So I think one of the one of the uh, things from Marcelo is like he tried to control to dominate all the game. So this is something brilliant because I am someone that is I have the the same idea or the same illusion or the same passion trying to control the game. Then at the same when you want to do this, you put the pressure in yourself. I think if you want to get something, you have to be enough ambition that you don't need the stimulation of anyone to to can go you and trying to be looking for the answers of the things. So when you are ambitious, you cannot tolerate with a mistake. Then you like to control, you like to your team every day, pues attack better, defense better, make a better playing out, create more chances, trying to score more goals. So I think this is part, the pressure is part of our, of our motivation. I think if you are ambition, uh, you never can stop. You always want to know more. You always want that your teams play better. So I think, if you want to be coach, 
a top coach, you have to put the pressure have to be a pleasure for you and you have to be every day trying to improve. A lot of people wonder if at, at the point where Marcelo goes from here where his job is done, whether you could be someone who, who ultimately would replace him further down the lane. Is that an ambition of yours? Is that something that, that you would potentially like to work towards? I think my ambition from my arrive here is uh, to help in the role that I have now. Uh, last year I was only focused to the under-23s, so my ambition was to try to create uh, a good base for the club and after trying to develop a style of play and try to help players to be ready for the demands of the first team. And I feel happy when, when we finish last year. This year, from they moved me to be part of the Marcelo, Marcelo staff, my only focus is to be helping him in the demand that we have in the first team, trying to, to help him to, to develop the team, to, to help the team to, to win the games in the things that he tried to, he delegated me. And at the same time, uh, continue with, because I didn't want to finish my link with academy because I am enjoying a lot when I, when I am watching the young players arrive one day to the first team. So I think my only focus is go year by year or step by step. So now my only focus is continue to doing this until the end of the season, trying to continue helping the under-23s to live the experience that we are living this year, trying to now uh, enjoy and make our best in the playoff of the league that we are going to play because we, we get yesterday the, the, the league and try to help the under-23s in the Premier League Cup because I think it's a new competition for the club and it's very nice competition for our players can help them to develop their levels and at the same time the big objective that we have that is get the, the objective of the first team get the promote in the first team and I will try to do my best in, this, in these three areas so I think this is enough ambition or enough demanding to come think now in other things that don't be made my best to help in the, in the, way, in the best way If I could just ask you lastly about the first team Fresh off the back of the, the defeat to Sheffield United, how much of a blow did that feel like, that result? I think always we go to the games trying to, to win. We know that this game was a special game, but I think the importance of this season is to have the, the stability, the strong mind enough, knowing that we are going to fight until the last game. And this is something that we know, even if we lose, even if we, learn, if we draw or we win. So our mind uh, didn't change. I think the team make a lot of very positive things. I think, this is my personal opinion, we didn't deserve for me the, the losing of the result. And sometimes the feelings are so important too. So maybe you can win one game, but you inside yourself, you know that maybe your confidence level are not the best one and your style was not the best one. And maybe you won the, the, the game for one detail. Then this can make you feel worried than maybe if you lose the game, showing that you feeling that you deserve to win the game. Because I think it's very important to have this feeling because every time if you are creating these feelings because you have something where you can take in, in every moment. I think the team is playing every time with the same idea, with the same style, creating a lot of chances, reducing a lot of the chances of the opponent teams. And I think the other day was, the game was in the, in the same way. So I think this is going to be one of the keys of this season to continue like we go until the last game. And I think we continue like this until the last game. We are going to we are going to get something very special this year. Yeah, because you've seen the players since they reported back in last week. Confidence still the same. How how are they feeling? And and do you think they've put that result behind them? I think we have to have uh, confidence every time because if you like I told you, uh, Champions League is going to be a long a long season. Is have a lot of games, and one of the keys to can have success is to continue trusting yourself always, trying to trying to control the games 
If you can do it, then we have to go with the same way and trying to trust in ourselves because we know that when we are our best, we have a lot of chance to win the games. You know football, eight games, it's a long way to go still, isn't it? Sorry, repeat. Eight, eight games to go, it's a long way still, isn't it? A lot can happen. 24 points yet to play, so a lot of things that can happen now until the end of the season, of course.